It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money. Speaking of saving money, coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, there's this crazy stuff going on in Washington. Well, that's not new, right? Where if you were cheated by a mutual fund company, you won't have any recourse or any rights. They'll be above the law. But I'm going to tell you why I don't even care and tell you the way you protect yourself if you take hard-earned money of yours and you're investing it for your future. And later yet, speaking of protecting yourself, with Toys R Us in so much trouble, now closing a zillion stores, there's special news in that for you with Toys R Us or any other retailer that you've got to know to protect yourself and protect your wallet. I want to talk about something that is going to be an ongoing conversation. It involves the FCC by a ridiculous 3-2 to two vote. Nothing that is a major change in the way things work should be done on a contentious split vote. It's just not healthy for the country. And so we've been going back and forth with 3-2 to two votes on what's going to happen with monopoly cable companies and phone companies being able to set up toll gates on the internet and be able to block content from people they don't like. So there's a lot of distrust out there of these monopoly cable companies and phone companies. And so there's some react around the country in the state of Montana the governor's come up with a very interesting way to force the hand of the cable monopolies and phone monopolies to not put up toll gates and not block content from you they don't like. For example, somebody who says or writes something that is like they don't like this particular cable company or whatever, that being blocked from people being able to see it. Or saying, well, you can't see this website because they wouldn't pay us a toll to send their webpage to you. So the governor of Montana signed an order that says any cable or phone company that does business with the state of Montana is not allowed, is outlawed from blocking any content or setting up toll bridges. And... Wow, it just shows the react around the country that if you get outside of the people in Washington that get all the money from everybody, that when you get to where the people are, there's a real strong sense that these monopoly companies should not be able to restrict our access to information and not be able to control what we can see and say. And there's going to be a lot more like that coming along An example involves the major cell phone carriers in the United States that may in fact be doing what someone is throttling, degrading the experience you have 
from websites they don't like. And so now there's an app that's available for iPhones and Androids that if you're going to a, a website or you're using an app and the performance of it seems to be terrible and pages aren't loading and all that, you with the app are able to see whether or not the cell phone carrier you use is playing games and restricting your ability to go to a site. So it's called the WeHe app, W-E-H-E. Those of you on iPhones, you can go to the iOS store. For those of you on Android, you can go to the Google Play store. And you're able to make sure that games are not being played with you and your experience going on the web or using an app. And you and I pay precious treasure to be able to have cell phone service, to be able to have internet service at home or at a business. And then in turn, when we want to go to a website, having that experience degraded or restricted, that's not okay. The most important thing is to shine a light on this. And I know now all the people say, oh, we're not going to do anything like that. We're not going to do it. But that's only because of you and I being fired up and keeping an eagle eye on them. And that needs to keep up because bad things only happen when you and I are looking the other way. Ray is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ray. Hi, Clark. Ray, you are a rare individual because you actually read mice type from your bank. Is that a true statement? Well, I don't read all of it, uh, but I did read a notice on the back of my January statement from a credit union that that, no, that sort of gave me, it said an alert or a special notice that Visa was changing the core agreement to uh, that had to do with zero liability uh, on the credit card. And that statement said that they were changing the uh, word uh, negligent or gross negligent to uh, the word negligent when it came to my actions and my liability in terms of the zero liability on the Visa card. So what happened was that when they used gross negligence as the wording, no matter what happened at your end of the thing, they really had an impossible task almost to prove that you had been grossly negligent. Like, for example, um, being out somewhere, maybe having uh, a good time and talking to somebody, say, oh, just use my card for that. And the next day, you don't even remember you did that. So is that negligent or is that gross negligence? Yeah, I, I would say that that would be gross negligence. Try proving um, that. So here's the yeah. good news. Oh, it'd be hard to prove, yeah. So the change they made with negligence and gross negligence, what kind of transactions are they referring to in the change in terms and conditions from Visa? Well, um, I think they 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 uh, mentioned um, um, funds transfer. Ah. I interpreted that. I interpreted that to mean like if I paid a bill online. 
So EFT, electronic funds transfer, is yeah. a special area because a lot of criminal activity is occurring now through EFT. And it's costing the banks a lot of money. And they're probably looking for some wiggle room to say, okay, we're not taking the fall for all this. But let me tell you the good news. No matter what visa changes, the regulations of the Federal Reserve on EFT take precedence. And the change they can make going from saying that now they're using negligence as a lower standard of proof, and they're going to say, okay, you're responsible for this. Do you know what your maximum liability is? Goes from no. zero to what? On a credit you card... Got me. I, I, I don't know what my liability would be in that case. All right, so on an actual credit card, if somebody uh, uses your information to steal, your maximum liability, as long as you report that this has happened, which you're required to report on a credit card within 60 days, your liability is capped at 50 bucks. So they're just going from zero to 50. But there's a wrinkle to this. If it's a piece of trash fake visa, a visa debit card that ties into your checking account, that has a different rule for it, and your liability quickly grows to $500 or if you don't do something quickly, it goes to unlimited. Everything in your checking account, plus if you have overdraft set up on it, everything in your account plus all your overdraft. So the key thing is that if you notice something that doesn't look right on a charge on your card, you want to notify quickly, even though the law only requires within 60 days. But on a debit card, the piece of trash fake Visa card, your risk is so high, I don't even like you having one of those cards. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, John. Hey, Clark. How are you? John, you have a special warning for your fellow listener. Yeah, I've listened to your show for years, and I'm always tend to be, you know, looking out for some of these frauds that come through, especially through email. But um, I got one the other day that was very convincing and almost got me. And so I just wanted to share uh, what I I saw. Tell us. So um, I I have an iPhone. And so uh, I've had this, the same exact thing happen to me in the past where I got an email from uh, the iOS store saying that I had purchased an app and I hadn't. And so I, I noticed that my password had been compromised and someone had gotten into my account and purchased some music or some apps and I've had to, you know, dispute it and with my credit card and then, you know, Apple, uh, oops, sorry. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> it's Apple. I mean, you got an iPhone and yeah, Apple does and, what? Um, and, they, and so they reimbursed me. And so this was the same sort of thing. I got an email that appeared to be from them. The design of it was very good. The English was very good. And it said I had a purchase from the, the Syrian Arab Republic, and, you know, there was like a $30 app charge. And it had a tiny little link at the bottom that said, you know, if you think someone has compromised your account, uh, click here and dispute it. And so I, I was looking at it on my iPhone, and it was a little harder to see who actually sent the email, what address it came from, because it just said the, the word Apple. And then the design of the email looked very good. And so I almost clicked that link, but then I... I think I heard Clark in the back of my head, and I was like, wait, let me 
not panic. And so I, I said, if they've already, you know, charged my card, I can dispute it. So I checked, I got on my desktop and I went to, um, you know, iTunes and actually checked my purchase history to see if it showed up and it didn't. And so then I went back and I looked at the email again and I noticed it wasn't actually from Apple. It was from a, a different email address. Uh, and even the, the word Apple, there were certain characters that had been replaced. The P's didn't look exactly right. And, and weird little things that like, Really, you had to look twice to notice them, but um, it was, you know, I could, I almost fell for it myself. So I'm. Just well, I'm so that glad that you're bit. sharing this with people because these, uh, these spoofing emails look so real, whether they're from your bank or they're from the IRS or this case from Apple, that there's a tendency, particularly since most of us, most of the time, are reading our emails on phones where we only see so much. And we're busy, we're distracted, we just click on the link. And the key, anytime you're notified of anything like that from any source, never click on the link in the email and always do what you did. So I got a question for you, though, John. You said you were hearing me in the back of your head. If you were hearing me, wouldn't you be hearing me say, buy a cheaper phone than an iPhone? Yes. Well, and spend I, less I mean, money on your phone? Card. What's that? And spend less money on your phone? Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, hopefully it'll last a long time and I'll get a lot of use out of it, like you and your, your Tesla. All right. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. I, Apple and Tesla, people always link the two together. So that was a perfect comeback, John. Today's Clark Rageous Moment has a special message and special warning for you. I've got something that I need you to really pay attention to if you have not done so in the past involving saving for your future. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. There's a bill moving through Congress that looks like it's going to happen that is going to give mutual funds exemption from the law where they will be able to violate doing what's best for you and rip you off with hidden fees and all the rest, and you'll have no recourse. But the reality is that for us as individual investors, we're never going to go after a mutual fund company or someone who's, uh, whose investments we have for charging us too much money because usually we don't know what we're paying in the first place so they can go ahead and do whatever they're going to do with making them above the law the important thing is for you with investing to know that over the long haul it's crazy the number one factor if you're saving money for the future And how secure a future you're going to have comes down to how much you're paying in fees for the investments you're in. Not that you pick this fund over that fund or this investment strategy over that one. The number one factor is that you crush the costs of the investments you're in. So know that today there are so many fund choices that cost almost zero for you to be in, no commissions to go in, and almost zero management fees each year. 
you look over the years and you take an average fund versus a low cost, over a working lifetime, the person who goes in the low cost funds will end up likely with 40% more money in retirement than a person going into the average cost funds, each putting the same amount of money in each month. So, yeah, they might say that companies are fine to go ahead and cheat you and not look out for you, but the real test is are you watching out for yourself? It's really easy to find out what expenses you're paying. It takes like two clicks on your computer, and you can make sure you're paying the lowest cost possible. Just look for a friend. They were paying 0.7% for something they could be paying 0.1%. The difference over the years? Gigantic. Do you know it's going to be hard to be a Toys R Us kid soon? Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and protecting that wallet. That's what we're going to talk about straight ahead. Our show is devoted to you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. We got a question for me. Go to Clark.com slash ask. You got a question for a member of our team. We can talk with a member of our team free 42 hours each week. Scroll down on Clark.com. You'll see the phone number to call in for free off-the-air advice. The hours available each weekday for that free off-the-air advice. So Toys R Us is just hanging on by its fingertips, trying to survive. The market has become really tough for them because during Christmas, people overwhelmingly buy their toys from Walmart and Target and to a lesser extent Amazon, and Toys R Us has been left with the crumbs. So they're in a serious world of hurt, and now all around the country they're closing huge numbers of stores well you got some warning here because the stores that are closing aren't closing typically for a couple of weeks so if you have any gift cards left for toys r us or babies r us go use them go use them because think about if there's no store near you anymore and you have those gift cards what are you going to do And as is the case with so many retailers, a lot of retailers that are teetering on the brink of extinction, they are going to go extinct. So gift card money can be wiped out. I'd like you to do this. I talked about this right after Christmas, that I want you to go spend the money on your gift cards. People didn't know what to buy you. They gave you a gift card at Christmas. Go use it and look through your drawers. A lot of times cards will end up in a drawer somewhere. I actually am guilty as charged of finding a gift card. We have one drawer we put gift cards in. I found one that absentmindedly I had put in the sock drawer in my closet. And I was like, what is that doing here? And I have now spent that gift card. So don't want to tell you what store it was for. But anyway, The point is, your money can vanish, and I don't want that to happen. Now, here's the other part of this, liquidation sales. So, don't know yet how Toys R Us is handling their store closing liquidations. But I want to tell you how that industry usually works, operating what are known as GOBs, 
which are GOB stands for going out of business sales. So there are companies that are professional liquidators that bid on the rights to the merchandise and location and the use of the name of the failed location or failed retailer, usually for 90 days. So whatever inventory is left, they just pay cash money to the bankruptcy court or to the retailer and then use their name for those 90 days. And here's the trick of the trade. So they'll run these ads saying, everything's 40, 50, 60% off. And then two weeks later, 70, 80, 90% off or whatever they do. But guess what? In a typical GOB, most of the merchandise in the stores never existed in that store ever. The liquidation company buys inventory from wherever. They bring it into whatever store it is they're liquidating. They mark it up to mark it down, and they'll say something was $100 and now is $40. When the truth is, that item was never $100 anywhere. It's a figment of their imagination. Your job is not to get sucked in and psyched out by the ads that say how much money you're going to save. But instead, while you're in a store looking at an item that's screaming at you, it's a great deal, just go on your phone and comparison shop, and that'll be the true serum to see if it's really a deal or no deal at all. Joe joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Joe. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Joe. You are going to do something that most people look at is more dull than taking the trash out to the curb. The only thing I enjoy doing this more is getting my teeth pulled. <laughs> what is it you're going to do? I Every year, Clark, whether I like it or not, I go out with my insurance and check my rates annually to see what I'm paying as it reflects to other companies and what options I have available. So I thought that this was an activity that was made to order for the internet and that people would pop up like do this for life insurance and you would be able to just go online pop in your particulars of your car and cars and your home and get instant quotes from multiple insurers and it has not worked out that way because the homeowners and auto insurers don't want you to do that kind of comparison shopping. Think about the advertising, the companies that so heavily advertise, Geico and Progressive. Right. So the two of them, they are market-driven companies, marketing companies. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to call them and linearly shop what you have right now against what they will offer you and that's their business model it would be so much easier if somebody was successfully able to put up a real-time price comparison service where you could shop like that but the industry in the worst way doesn't want that because they look at it as something that would just steadily lower rates for insurance yeah you know what happens if, if you look on the web joe and you see one of these things saying that you can shop multiple carriers, those are, as best I've been able to find, lead generation services that they'll give you 
the companies that they can quote from, but the real goal is to give a lead to that company to then call you and try to get you to switch to them. Well, that's what they do. You you go on, like I went on NerdWallet, okay, and I tried to do the insurance auto search, and they come up with all these levels of companies with quotes, but next to that they have contact. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they don't come to you with any rate power parameters. You have to go to them. Yeah, they get uh, NerdWallet or any of the others. They get um, referral fee money for generating a lead for an insurance company. So the reason this is, as you put it, it's worse than taking the garbage out. It's the equivalent of having a tooth pulled is because you have to shop individually with different insurers for the insurance products you need, the auto and homeowners, and you have to call one, then another, then another, on like that. And so the industry hopes you'll give up after one or two calls. Okay. You're not the type to give up, are you, though? Excuse me? You're not the type to give up, are you? No, I ain't going to give up. Okay. No, because it's all about competition. Right. You know? Well, one thing I'm finding out, Clark, is a lot of the homeowner rates went up this year up here in the Northeast as a result of what happened in the Southeast and Southwest. You know, it's not fair being in New Jersey because now you're going to pay more federal tax, you already pay high state taxes, and you're paying for the storm damage in the South and the West. How fair Mm -hmm. is that? Well, who said life was fair, right? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what would be right. Insurance is regulated by the states, and I believe that each state insurance department should create a comparison shopping tool where for your exact driving record and your home, you're able to see real-time the rates that generally are filed in most states with the state insurance department. It would be a very easy database to be able to quote you across companies, every company that's licensed to write in a state. How about that for doing something for the taxpayers of a state? Ruth is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ruth. Hello. How you doing, Ruth? I'm doing well, thank you. How can I serve you, Ruth? Well, I'm just um, old enough to wonder if I'm doing the right thing. I um, didn't begin saving for retirement until age 50. I have uh, maxed out the Roth each year. Fantastic. I've been contributing to a 403B. Great. But now at this age, I was wondering if I should continue to go to the Roth or should I max out the 403B and then if I happen to max that out, put anything extra towards a Roth. I would do the reverse. I would uh, max out the Roth and then if there's more money you can save, then put it in the 403B. Okay. Because if you're um, early 60s and you didn't start saving till you're 50, you might work more years than you originally intended. Yes. And at age 70, even if you're still needing to work, you're going to be forced to start doing what are called RMDs, required minimum distributions. Mm-hmm. And you'll have money coming back at you that you'd rather have put aside building longer term for your future potentially okay now ruth are you in a job or profession where you're going to collect a pension if i do it's going to be small okay 
So you're going to live on me, myself, and I. It's going to be whatever you have from Social Security and whatever you saved in this 403B and your Roth. Yes. Okay. As far as I know. (laughs) Yes. All right. So that even emphasizes more putting the goal, maxing out the Roth each year, which would be 6,500. Right. That you're allowed to do. And then the excess goes into the 403B. Okay. That's good to know. And are you happy with the choice you have for a Roth? Are you with a low-cost provider? If I can say the name? Okay, go ahead. I'm with uh, Vanguard. So you're with the lowest-cost provider. Good. And that means that your money is very efficiently being put aside for your retirement. So good for you. And I do uh, monthly contributions so that it's... I've been listening to you for a while, (laughs) so... There's a real advantage to you doing the monthly contributions mm-hmm. because we don't know at what point there's going to be a stock market decline. And so parceling money in and a method known as dollar cost averaging lowers your risk with a short-term decline in the market. So you're doing everything exactly right. Thank you for that. Sure. And continued success saving money because you're creating some freedom for you every single month with the money you're putting aside for your future. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jeff joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Jeff, you are somebody trying to figure out an either or how to invest. Is that true? Uh, more or less. Um, I'm thinking of buying a house, using it as a rental unit. Uh, however, I'll be using about one third of my retirement nest egg. On the other hand, I should be able to use a small apartment on the property as my personal living space and figure I can have the rental house pay for property taxes, insurance, etc., and essentially live in the house for free. Wondering what your perspective perspective is on this. Okay, so at first glance, I love this plan because usually the landlord lives in the big house and the tenants live in the little dwelling – You're turning that on its head to create financial security for yourself. You live in the little house, the cottage, and the tenants live in the big house, therefore paying you a lot more rent than you would get otherwise. Yeah. So you're creating an environment where you have free housing and you have over the years as inflation raises the cost of rents, you're building a solid financial future for yourself with money that will come in as you age. So at first glance, I really love that. Now, it is true, though, that if you take a lot of money you are going to have to live on in retirement, that 
you don't have that money there for you. You don't have that money to grow, and you can't eat the house. So um, tell yeah. me, um, how far are you, Jeff, from retirement age? Uh, well, I'm in my late 60s, but I'm still working. And how much longer do you think you will work? Mm-hmm. That depends on how the body holds up, but uh, a couple years anyway. Only a couple years. All right. I, I figure uh, I can basically uh, live on Social Security for food and, uh, you know, the little uh, daily and weekly expenses. It's just uh, the rent, I figured, is about one-third of my expenses. And you destroy that expense as long as you keep the house rented. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I like the whole concept. I'm going to ask you to do one thing, and that is I'd like you to go sit down with a CPA who does tax just to make sure that this is all going to work for you well with you having this property that has basically the two dwellings on it. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea and I think it, because you live a frugal lifestyle, it is a very uh, rare individual who can get by on just what they have from Social Security, but you've already set up your life where if you have free housing, you'll be able to do that. Uh-huh. So I, I really like it. I give it past a flashing yellow light. I give it a tentative green light just as long as you deal with the tax angle now. Good job. Andrew's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Andrew. Hi. Andrew, how can I serve you? All right. Well, I recently, uh, I am 31. I recently got my first credit card. It is a secured card. Um, So I went that route with things um, just to kind of start building credit. Um, Up until this point in life, I paid cash for everything. Um, All my cars, everything. I'm glad Uh, you have the secured card. Yeah, so I do have a secured card. Um, I've had it since mid-November. Um, and so at this point, you know, I have the ability, because I've had, to pay, I've had two pay cycles, I have the ability to increase my limit. Do it. Um, and so I was just kind of wondering, is it, is it smart this early to go ahead? And yes, yes. If they'll it? offer you a limit increase, take it. Because the limit increase is very important to you establishing a solid credit record and be in a position where you're using very little of your available credit. So 100%, I want you to raise your credit limit when the opportunity arises. So did they make the offer to you? Or do you ask no, for it? No, they, they basically, they are allowing me to add more money to the secured card. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and do that. But at some point, you need to transition as you show a good payment record from a secured card to a regular. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet, and they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.